Hey, where you learn that from? Grand Theft Auto 3. Word, can I borrow that? You got a uh, PlayStation 2? No, I got Gamecast. Gamecast? Welcome back to Gamecast, the new show where we bring you guys everything that is happening in our industry. Of course, you have me, your host, Malls, and my two co-hosts, Anime Hero 92 and Rager underscore Fiasco. Again, coming off hot, coming off the press with the good news for Gamecast, and that it took a couple weeks. Shockingly, I thought this was going to be a couple-day process, but it is what it is. It took a little time, but Gamecast is officially out on all three podcasts uh that is uh google podcast apple podcast uh, and podcast and spotify so just a round of applause to the team um because that means we are officially on four different platforms <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting stretched we're getting stretched <laughs> we're on four different platforms major keys, now major keys lord that is that is awesome i mean it really this this is becoming a, a, a both a vidcast and a podcast, and the crew, we were all listening to our episodes, and we were like, yeah, it sounds really good. So uh, big ups, shout outs to the team. Thank you guys so much for just being on this journey with me, and uh, I'm just I'm happy to see where things are going and what's to come in the future, and uh, you know, I, we're going to figure out you know how we, how we sort of push that, but at least for those who have been asking for just a, a podcast version of it. It is now available. You can see the first two episodes. We didn't we didn't put up our very first episode of Gamecast on there. We actually started a couple episodes back and so don't expect it to be like a we're putting every episode like a, as like a sort of like a backtrack uh, sort of setup, but we're not going to do that. But our last two episodes are on uh, are on uh, all of those platforms including the one that we are recording now. So if you want to go check it out, Please feel free to do so. I'll definitely add the links also to the description so this way everyone can see it. But going forward, now I, I got to give a big shout out to Jack. Jack was really on top of uh, the news this week. So I'm actually going to really give him the helm to expand on some of the stuff that he had forwarded. But I, I also did look into some of these things. The first uh, about Splatoon Fest. That was uh, that was intense. Um, so for, for those don't, for those that don't know, this really goes back to a topic we mentioned, uh, I believe it was maybe two episodes ago, um, or was it last week? I'm not, not entirely sure. It was last week. It was last week? Okay. So, and this is in dealing with uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, and that Nintendo came through, or I just said come through, came forward and said, uh, yeah, y'all can't uh, have this open festival, um, because the owners of the festival were basically trying to uh, incorporate a program that would allow them to play Melee online. But by doing that, it's essentially changing the, the landscape, I guess you can say, of the program itself. Um, it's it's a little complicated, um, but at the same time, it's just unfortunate because what could have happened and what was essentially a really good alternative to meeting up online, everyone being six foot, or, or I say in person, everyone being six foot, having to wear masks, it, it, limiting the amount of people that could go. They actually created a, an interesting setup that allowed people to play online, although this game came out <laughs> GameCube era when <laughs> outside of Fantasy Star Online, ain't nobody was playing online on GameCube. Uh, so, you know, they, they created a really cool virtual workaround and Nintendo said no because it was essentially affecting the property and the IP and Nintendo does not play those games. 
Um, so now we have Splatoon Fest, a game where you can play online, right? Because this is a different era of, of Nintendo now. Now, yes, you can play Smash online. Now you can play Splatoon online and all these other different games. So, okay, they're getting ready to go forward with this with this event. And the community, as toxic as it can be, you know, <laughs> toxicity can go in a couple different directions. I guess you can say this was a, w- a win for Team Toxic because... Now they kind of canceled the festival because of all the free melee uh, hashtags and, and and push that was being provided. But the problem is that you can't do. It's like okay, well, people who really like Splatoon and people who have been training for this event and have been you know and prepping now the melee community kind of ruined the event. So in in some way, it's I say it's. It's positive toxic- uh, toxicity because you have the community fighting for really some malpractice that happened with this melee situation, but now it's affecting a whole different game, a whole different niche. Um, so, I mean, I wanted to just kind of talk about that. And like I said, Jack, I'll, I'll really have you kind of expand on it too. And just to also share your thoughts on this, because I know you are aware of this. I know Jack, you're, you're really, um, I've been more on the Facebook side of platform uh, and Jack is really on the Twitch side. So touch, uh, Jack is definitely uh, on top of the sort of new events and stuff like this to happen. But so w- what do you think about this whole situation? And do you think it was warranted? So it's a really tough situation because, you know, for all of us, we all love Nintendo. We all own Nintendo products. We all grew up on Nintendo in some way, in some fashion. And this is kind of a situation where I tell people, you get to kind of see like the different side of companies. It's like, you know, when you're a kid and you kind of see things and you don't see the business practices, but then when you get older, it's like your parents tell you, oh, wait till you have responsibilities like bills and mortgages and rent. You're like, haha, whatever. And you get it. It's like my damn paycheck will happen. <laughs> kind of like that with gaming companies in a way. So to add a bit more context to what happened was 30% of the people on a Splatoon team were members of the hashtag Fleet Melee uh, mm. campaign. Really, they were really active. So Nintendo response canceled their live stream of the final. So the event was already going. Okay. The final was supposed to be this Friday. They canceled the live stream of it so people can't see it. And when I when the free melee stuff happened with Slippy, as hurt as I was, I'm like, you know what? It's expected of Nintendo. But doing stuff like this really just seems like, you know, it's like when someone throws salt in the wound and then they kick you. It's like, all right, the salt in the wound sucks, but did you really have to do the kick? Like, you could have <laughs> just walked away and said whatever. Yeah. Because this is a different community. So it sucks because, you know, as you mentioned, Miles, Splatoon is an online community. Melee doesn't have online support until Slippy came. Yeah. So if Nintendo want to be strict with Slippy, okay, it's a third, it's a, like a different thing. It's not licensed from them. Even though it's legal, I get kind of a little bit of where they're coming from, but I think their practices are a bit effed up. Yeah. And I say that very tongue-in-cheek by saying, yeah, I get where you're coming from because it's expected. But what's even worse is like, not to add too much into it, but uh, I'm not sure if y'all remember the content creator, Eric Etika. Oh, of course. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, of course. Yeah, so... People in his community made, like, the Joy-Con boys, Joy-Cons. Yeah, Joy-Con boys, yeah. And they were selling them and stuff. Nintendo just gave them a cease and desist. Um, And it was really, really heartbreaking because, like, even if you're one of those people that's like, you know, I saw this coming, it still sucks because, you know, it's a memory of the guy. He was big in the Smash reactions. Like, Mm -hmm. his reactions are so legendary. I remember Mm -hmm. his reactions to everyone's here. I laughed so hard. I had to pause the video three times because dude had me in tears. And, you know, he's very, very loved in the Nintendo Smash community. So what do I think of the process to kind of answer your question? It's just, it's tough. Like, 
you I love Nintendo games. I will always be a big proponent of Nintendo games and you know, I love Pokemon to death. I grew up on it. Love Mario and stuff. It's just their business practices. Like I get you have to be a company, but there are some times where I'm like, it's not that deep. Yeah. And during the pandemic where people are playing online tournaments, want a game that doesn't have online support, and then a game that does, and you're at the finals of it's not like the event just started. You're not in pools. You're not in like, you know, training. You're at the finals. Yeah. Like, who cares if they're supporting it? Let them be vocal. Like that censorship, there's a limit. <sighs> that that's the key, right? There's a limit. Um, and we talked about this before. That it is Nintendo Japan. Uh, Nintendo of America doesn't do this. It's and I don't I don't really know truly why. Um, and you would think that there would have been, as you're, to your point, more flexibility during a pandemic when everything, including teaching, including working, has shifted to a virtual landscape. So you would think at least now uh, Nintendo Japan would see, you know, uh, okay, let's, let, yeah, let's be flexible. I don't know if it's a program that they didn't approve. Um, I don't know if it's because by using this program, it opens them up to security hacks. You know, there, there very well could be things that just are out of our scope. Like, we aren't Nintendo employees. <laughs> uh, we also sure know, don't know Jap- uh, Japanese, although I wish I did. Um, so we there's a lot of items that we are just not exposed to, of course. So, it's, so we're looking at this strictly from a user and community sort of perspective, um, not from a business legal perspective. But the, the problem, however, is that, yes, there needs to be a balance. Uh, I, I don't I don't mind Nintendo being strict, but here's where the few moments where we needed you guys to take the reins back a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I, I, but but let's also be real and that the gaming community is um, kind of intense when it's something that they don't enjoy. And the, it's kind of like I, I think of it like. That the hashtag was warranted, um, but the problem is I know that there are people that probably took it too far, and that's was probably the final, you know. Uh, so I'm sure that they were probably saying free melee while giving death threats. It's always death threats for some reason. It's always death yeah. threats. Yeah. For uh, no reason. For no reason. It's always death threats. What do you What are you talking? Who are you going to kill? You're like seven anyway. Um, but <laughs> or maybe I don't know. These kids nowadays are crazy. But it's it, it was probably that's Some what of probably them are sadly older than us. Sadly, yes, yes. And I think the issue is, I well, I can see it from a from a if I were to own a business, I can almost see it as a way to clap back at those who feel that they can control what I put out, right? Um, uh, by by rallying together and and, and bullying us. Right. There's a there's a fine line. I, I work in customer service and sometimes, you know, I may provide a decision. The customer's not happy and that customer came back and will repeatedly say something over and over and over and over. And there's at a point where it crosses the line of feedback to harassment. And I and I that's kind of the situation we're in now. I think it's it crossed that line of like, okay, we get it, you're upset, it's great feedback. We'll we'll make sure we will revisit this. Maybe it's something we could change. To now, no, you're now harassing our company. And because of that, we can't let you guys win. At that point, it's almost like a principle. We we can't let you win. That's not it's not fair to us, it's not fair to our employees. And you did this to yourselves. 
And so, and look, let's be real. Gamers are brats. There are we're we we are brats, and the the problem is that too many times we get our way. So in a weird, I had to really sit down and think about this for a second because in a weird way, I was kind of happy that the community didn't win. That is so sad to say, um, but from a from a business, I need I need those doves for the business. And then there needs to be doves for the community. And from there, we can start merging and say, like, all right, let's be flexible because we can't live without the other. As, as you know, content creators, Jack and I, we can't create content or create content if we don't have games to play, if there's no community attached to the game, right? Um, and vice versa, you could send out your game, but if you have no one who's available, wh- what you going to do? It's just going to sit there. <laughs> it's going to sit there on shelves. Ain't nobody going to download it. Um, so I, I need, I need to be dubs on both, on both sides. I need there to be L's on both sides. So now moving forward, we can get to a point of unison and really make sure events like these didn't happen. But yes, um, from a Nintendo standpoint, or I should say from a, from a consumer standpoint, community standpoint, Nintendo should have had more flexibility in the situation. What else did you think was going to happen from that? You know, so um but you know I, do we do we even know so do, do, i mean did they even at least announce like who won the finals or did it <laughs> are there highlights online now or something so people could still at least watch what happened no i'm still tracking the event to see if there's an update yeah. but all i know is you know in typical and like i love the so i say love with a lowercase l to smash community because let's be real as much as i love them they they they, they have their moments yeah. with a, a lot of examples the long story short, it's just, you know, you can see a lot of passion, but as you were saying, Miles, I do agree with you a lot in this sense because, you know, the poor social media intern at Nintendo getting these tweets did not do anything wrong. Right, right. But they're going to see that, and it's like, well, damn. But I also just think, you know, kind of to add in, I'm not shocked about this. Like, mm. we all, I, I, Project M, Project M had a ton of damn support, got popular. Nintendo was like, nope. Uh, Pokemon Prism, oh my goodness, that was big for a while. Nintendo was like, no, there was a link to the past re like skin mm-hmm. that was really popular, fan made. That got taken down. It's like it's kind of the same song, same dance. And mm-hmm. like I'm in a gray area, but I lean more towards like I understand what fans are complaining. Yeah. Like I think Nintendo has to be like this. You can't put Mario in GTA and be like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, if there's some creative people doing some cool stuff with your IP to make it stronger, hear them out a bit before you send that letter. That's all I'm saying, you know? Exactly. Um, what I would love to do or love to see is Nintendo of America push to Nintendo Japan. Because here's here's the issue. Again, like I said, because it's more Nintendo Japan than Nintendo of America, all people are seeing is Nintendo. I know that feeling so well for someone who works for a Japanese company. So while I... And I'm not going to say my company. You can dig for it if you want. But if... Since I work for our, our our U.S. branch, right? If something happens from a, a certain product standpoint, and really it's more connected with our, you know, Japan affiliates, then people are just going to say, "Oh, well, it's you guys, right?" So it's it's um yeah, it's a it's a tough situation. Um, but I would love to see Nintendo of America collaborate more with Nintendo Japan to say, like, "Hey, here's what's happening in our market." because of your decisions, right? So here you you are actually impacting sales for this specific market, which will impact your sales 
in some way as well um, because of your harsh, strict business practices. And it's and you have to understand the landscape of, of the U.S. maybe versus the landscape in Japan or versus the landscape in uh, Europe or, or whatever the, the division is. So um, ensure that there are opportunities for incredible, incredibly talented individuals to make these expansions of your games, right? And, and, and in some shape or form, maybe limit how they can monetize on it. I remember those, so a lot of those, pro- like they weren't even selling those projects. It's not even like they were trying to make money off of them. Um, a lot of the, like the, the Pokemon mods and things like that, but they get those cease and desist so quick. I'm still trying to figure out how freaking Temtem exists and hasn't gotten a, a <laughs> Nintendo cease to, and cease and desist, but they, I guess they found some loophole. Um, but I, you know, but I, I, it's tough and, and I can feel it especially me personally working for a company that is in both uh, both Japan and America. Um, but yeah, there needs to be more opportunities. Uh, it's, it's been going on too long and we need, we need to start being able to see these projects turn to fruition and get these projects get realized and just house them somewhere. House them somewhere. Provide some degree of support, but also you'll have a degree of control. Right, so this way they can be somewhere where people can download it, people can experience them, and you know it doesn't affect the actual main IP. And once those lines are clearly made, I think that will benefit everyone. Um, but who 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 am I? Who am I? I just make videos on Facebook. If you're trying to hire me, Nintendo. Let me know. <laughs> um, but moving through, so I probably the the best news I saw. This week, I was really excited for this. Um, so Neil Druckmann is now the co-owner of Naughty Dog, and I'm so proud. I, uh, I, I funny. What, what's her name again, Jack? I can never pronounce her name. Australian Bay. Oh, uh, Alana Pierce. Alana Pierce. I was thinking of her handle. It's like Shahala Nazard or something like that. Shah, yeah, it's like Charizard. Yeah, like Shah, like Shahshank Redemption. Yeah. I don't know, uh, but a lot of peers. The video you sent, Jack, was really just insightful, and it had me thinking in in, uh, in a few different ways. But um, one of them, she was saying how the average person, the average gamer, doesn't know who developers are. They don't know who you know. If you say Neil Druckmann, they're gonna be like. Oh, okay. That's a name. <laughs> they they don't know like they, they so they just like I just want to play the game. But for us, those who are really invested in this industry, you know, these names stand out, and the fact that they have Neil Druckmann has assailed now to really the highest point. I mean, I mean, he's the one who's changed Naughty Dog. He's the one who made Naughty Dog what it is now. Who who helps build these impressive cinematic experiences this is he's the reason for the transition of like crash bandicoot great game great series but from crash bandicoot to uncharted right that was a big transition that shifted the whole brand right and so the the fact that he's now at the helm just it just makes sense it kind of it also reminds me of uh of kobe unfortunately rest in peace um but how kobe I mean, at some point, Kobe pretty much owned the Lakers. I mean, he was captain, right? So he he was dictating the plays and made the Lakers, especially for his incredible career, made the Lakers to what they are now. And I, I think of it the same way with Neil Druckmann. So Neil Druckmann is our Kobe, and I am uh, super excited for him. And I'm excited for now what 
that means down the road. The only the only issue I see with this only issue is that Neil Druckmann is also very spirited on social media, um, and, and not in that sense, but more so in the sense of like he he is quick to respond, um, and since he will be at the helm, they're gonna have to really like either take that away from him or scale something back. Like he's not going to be able to call people haters, you know, for his game. Like he just, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You can't. Um, and, but, but that's because he loves his projects, uh, which makes, I mean, he, years go into this years go into each one of these games. So of course he gets butt hurt <laughs> when people are, you know, are going after his stuff or they're, or they're, uh, you know, they're using choice words at him and his team, but he defends his team. Oh, he defends his team. He defends his projects. He defends his, uh, you know, anyone who's involved. And he, when there's something he doesn't like, he speaks up. Um, and which, which, when I was younger, you know, I'll be like, yeah, that just shows you how spirited of he is as an owner. And yeah, and it's like, but now that I'm a bit more mature, I recognize like, no, you actually, you're you're at that job for a reason. Like, you need to shut up and let the people now under you. And the people who can defend your projects, defend your IPs, let them kind of let them do the tussle. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I am super happy for him and super happy for where uh, Naughty Dog is going to go. And you know, we're we're all big fans. We're all big fans of the second game, unlike the internet. And we are all big fans of uh, of their work since since Neil Druckmann has uh, has entered. But. And my final uh, article for the day, and I'll shift it to you guys. So right now, and this has like probably been over Sunday, today, Saturday. It's a lot of cyberpunk madness. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't scroll without seeing something related to cyberpunk. I can't scroll without seeing. But the the reviews are officially out, um, and this is kind of really, really, really fresh off the press, as in today. So. One thing that is happening that a lot of the reviewers are talking about is that the game is buggy. So the every reviewer has, for the most, except GameSpot for some reason, every every news outlet has agreed that the game is nothing short of incredible and just a technical marvel and what it's able to do from an artificial intelligence standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, and how open worlds will be interactive with in the future they said it's it's a game i i I was reading ign's review and it was uh pretty interesting as an analogy he said most open world games are like a tree right and then you so you start from the bottom and you you go up the tree you go up the tree you go up the tree and then you can get to the top of the tree and getting to the top of the tree there's a whole bunch of branches right so and the branches represent like side quests side missions you can get distracted interact with this by the end of the day you can see the form of the tree and you know where you're supposed to go. He said, cyberpunk is a bush. And I was like, huh? <laughs> um, so by that, he means that it's, it's a game that he said, actually the, the main story is really short. It's shorter than what people think, but that's not the story in a sense. Like, and he said that him and his, uh, you know, the people at IGN who are all playing the game roughly at the same time. He said that his ending was so wildly different from someone else's ending because of one tiny decision. Not some like, oh, all attention's on you, make a choice. But like a very tiny decision that he decided to do like early in the game changed the entire landscape of how people interacted with him, the people how uh, people who interacted with the people he interacted with. And then he was like, so 
they had like six different outcomes coming out of it. He said literally, and I remember reading another article that was saying that the game is, um, that it's, because it's like a bush, you can finish the game by doing side missions. And it kind of climbs you in to the end in a different way. So I've, I've never played an open world game like that. I, I don't, I can't fathom how that looks. Um, the only thing that kind of reminds me of that is like an MMO in a sense. Um, but you know, they're saying that the, uh, but one thing though, that they all agreed on is that the game is buggy. So it sounds like all these delays was primarily to iron out a lot of these bugs. It seems like there's just too much <laughs> going on, I guess you can say. Um, for those who know game development, all games are is a bunch of programs on top of another program. So it's just program, 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 just kind of working fast and in unison. And when some of those programs don't talk with another, that's essentially what causes bugs. So he was saying that, yeah, it, there, it's definitely buggy and that their uh, one prominent line was, I'm jealous of the people who will play it from six months from now because they will not have the same buggy experience. So, you know, I, you know, I'm still very hyped to play it. I've been waiting for this game since 2013, since the very first trailer. And I'm a big, 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 big fan of The Witcher 3. Um, they did say that the game is not like a do not go into it. Think of it's Grand Theft Auto. Uh, they said it's not Grand Theft Auto. It is not future GTA. They said it is an RPG first and foremost, which means shooting does not feel like Call of Duty. Shooting feels more like Fallout or like, uh, uh, yeah, like Fallout, like Fallout 76. Like it's a, it's a different type of style. Um, you cannot steal cars. <laughs> um, and it, it's, and if, you know, you, you don't like RPGs, if you're not into dialogue, heavy games, a lot of choices, then it's just, it's not going to be your cup of tea. So I think that was like the biggest warning they told people because the trailers do come off like Grand Theft Auto in a sense. And they made it very clear in every review that this is not Grand Theft Auto. Do not approach it like that. Um, but that's okay. I love RPGs. It's my favorite genre anyway. So I'm still hyped. Um, but that is about it on my end. Um, seeing if you guys saw anything else. News was a little sparse this week. But uh, Howard, you saw anything just by browsing around or anything you just want to talk about in general? I mean, nothing like, you know, that's going to push the conversation forward, but I did see a video, pretty funny actually, about some, uh, I guess some degenerates, they um, they were sitting around, <laughs> sorry, they were sitting around and like, they uh, had a PS5, but someone shot their PS5. <laughs> wait, wait, so not them, they shot the PS5? No, like, they I guess they were gang makers or whatever. They're sitting around. They're so proud. Oh, the PS5 could take a hit. It took a bullet. My shit's strong. Like, yo, like, why? <laughs> yo, I'm about to start wearing a PS5 that has, like, an armor plate. If this <laughs> if this, <laughs> this Civil War happens, hey. I'm carrying it like this wherever I go. <laughs> it really took it. It was like a, a bullet hole, like, through the side of the PS5. It was the, it still turned on. It was still functioning. It was it was still good. The head of the, the, the give me five guy, minutes. I'll make an Iron Man suit. You really could though. All next gen. Yeah. Give me five PS5s so like three um Series Xs and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, like, they, like they had it was like um they had a disc drive the, the PS5 with disc drive and it had a bullet hole like it was like about um, well it was like um. 
fucking, I don't know. It was a bullet hole. The size of... It was a bullet hole. <laughs> the size of a bullet hole. Let's, let's there we right. go. There it is. It was, a clean, it was a clean shot. It was like... It, when in and without, it was like a... Like a cylinder, it was, it was clean. Hmm. And it was still working just fine. I and need I to find this video. I'll see if I can find the seven to the group. I was amazed and befuddled. Because, you know, first of all, who's going to shoot their PS5? Like, you know, it's fucking scarce out there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 2020. Don't label anything. Don't don't assume anything. Just you go with the flow. I'm going to, yeah, see if you can find me that video because we definitely will make sure to have it playing across this. <laughs> don't, worry, don't hurt me the most. It was us. It was black people. It was us. Uh, well, I'm glad that uh, both the owner and the <laughs> the system itself is safe or, or appears to be safe. I don't know. I, look, he was so proud. Like, why do you shoot him? You're in closed doors. Like you're in a your living room. Why do you why get a fire a gun in the first place? <laughs> And like, why do you shoot this this five hundred dollar cops? It's it's a rarity to get one nowadays. Like, mm -hmm. you, you just can't get one. No. So you have one, and your first choice is, oh, I, I will shoot my PS Five. I will shoot it because I can. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> what about you, Jack? To, it needs to be connected to. Uh... That console needs to be connected to 50 Cent in some type of way, personally. I, I don't know. It just definitely does. <laughs> Something. Maybe old 50 Cent. Maybe like 10, 15 years ago, 50 yeah. Cent. New 50 Cent is suburban. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Jack? Saw anything? Yeah, so the biggest thing I kind of want to mention uh, before I get to like a news roundup is a content creator very near and dear to pretty much all my hearts. I know me and Miles follow him, but uh, our homie Jay Wits. Um, Congrats to him and his wife, Renee. They are expecting their first child. They announced yeah. the Twitch stream. Uh, I was super happy. I'm a big fan of both um, Jay Witz and Renee. Uh, they both got me into Pokemon really heavily in the gaming community, uh, especially with Renee with Shiny Hunting. So yeah. uh, I'm in her chat, so she didn't let out her, but I'm just very happy for them and their families. In the peak of 2020, that was just some amazing news to just make life good again. So yeah. I just want to give my best to the Witz family to kind of top off the, to start off. Um, second thing that came up is there was like a big rumor hitting at that Nintendo Online might be getting Game Boy. I saw that. I did see that. I saw, I don't I don't I don't know how. I mean, I did see that, and then they were saying like it's coming. The rumor was it was coming soon, soon. Um, right. But I just don't. I don't. I don't know. How, I I could see how that could work. I could see how that could work. It could. It might look a little stretched on that screen, but. But I'll, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's not like we, they don't have the ROMs. I mean, because those, especially like oh, yeah. the Game Boy Advance ones, you could buy the Game Boy Advance games on the on the Wii U. Um, but on the Wii U, the screen resolution, and I don't mean to get too technical, but on the Wii U, the screen resolution was a shy under 480p, which is, you know, SD standard definition. So it makes sense when you have a, a Game Boy game, especially Game Boy Advance, which runs at like a pixel density of like, like it's like 150 per 326, which is like under uh, standard definition. So it wasn't too much of a stretch. Actually, playing Game Boy Advance games on the Wii U gamepad looked 
pretty decent. It was, you know, because it was a, the screen, of course, is much bigger than a Game Boy Advance. And, you know, it, was, it didn't get stretched too far out. I think on a Switch, people don't realize, like, the Switch's screen is a high-fidelity screen. Um, so you that's kind of why even playing some of the classic NES games, they look a little dusty. I mean, they're, they're fun, and it's, it's good to see again, but they can look dusty unless Nintendo puts in like a good coat of paint, which they could very well do. But I, so I was, I was both, ex, I was excited for that. I think I would be a bit more hyped though if I see Game Boy Advance. I think that would actually get me like, okay, this system is probably my favorite system of all time. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Miles, just because like, even though, you know, y'all know me as a big retro head of the group, I like Game Boy, but I love Game Boy Advance. And, right. You know, right. for me, I'm just like, Put the Pokemon games in there and Kirby's Dream Land and keep the rest. That, that's just honestly how I feel. Um, give me those. Like, it may be the classic Tetris, but even though Tetris 99 is on there, um, <laughs> I like the classic Tetris. But our boy Oscar Isaac, uh, I know Miles and I love Star Wars, so y'all know him as Poe Damarian from uh, the new Star Wars saga. Is going to be Solid Snake. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. It fits. Yeah, uh, yeah. From, a, from an aesthetic standpoint, it, it fits. But... Yeah, so I I wonder if they can, though, add him into, um, like, future Star Wars. Oh, well, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Um, see, see, okay. So when I saw that, now, did they say that, so are we getting a Solid Snake movie? Are we getting, like, a TV show? What's happening with Solid Snake, then, if he was chosen as the actor? Um, it's going to be a film, and I think it's a Metal Gear Solid film i don't know if they're gonna call solid snake or just metal gear solid yeah uh but yeah it's gonna be a feature length film wow look what is what is going on what is all these gaming movies coming out the woodworks this is i told y'all i told y'all i was like gaming is seriously like it's almost getting bigger than the than its own platform it created it's like so big that it's leaking into other (laughs) like other industries (laughs) like uh it can't be contained that's that's cool that's really cool. I was just like, give me a Zelda, like, you know, TV show. They teased it, like, way back when. And it just yeah, got no traction at all. I was fucking, I was, I remember where I was. It was, like, um, July 6th, 2014. Oh, Zelda's coming. We're going to do it on Netflix. I'm like, okay, this could be something. Dead. No talk about it, no nothing. But with everything that came out on Netflix, which they're good for adaptations, this could really be something if you do it the right way. Give me like Twilight Princess. Give me that story. Yeah. We're not ready for Breath of the Wild yet. Not. We're not ready for that. <laughs> Are we ready? Are we ready though? <laughs> I probably shouldn't even say this. But are we ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here, here's my only issue, though. What I've recognized is that in both gaming and anime, some things look much cooler in those mediums. Because do we want to see a little boy running around and like, <laughs> like think of think of Zelda, think of Link, I mean, and think of what that would look like in real life. It would be kind of awkward. <laughs> Twilight Princess was an adult. It's <laughs> okay. It's cool, it's good. But no, bro, they did The Witcher, and that came out amazing. Mm-hmm. So I have high hopes yeah. that Netflix could really do something with the proper talent. Yeah. The proper, direct, like, proper direction, it could really be something. 
I say Twilight Princess because there's more of a story yeah. there than I, I mean um I could read that time like you have the little boy aspect of it which we that I think about it, we don't want <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, Twilight see, I think that could work. it could work I know, I'm, I'm only joking but it, it could work it's just I, I sometimes I take things and I translate it from like what would it look like as a cartoon or something or animation versus real life or something like that right so like Spongebob in real life although I guess they did do the movie so I guess it, I, that's a worse analogy uh, but like you, when you see the real life versions of them, it, it's kind of like, ugh, you know, it's so sometimes I think like from an aesthetic standpoint, I think the story would be incredible. But from an aesthetic standpoint, they would have to make some brave decisions um, because another thing, too, about especially when I think of like Ocarina of Time, I think of Wind Waker, they were pretty colorful. I know Twilight Princess made things pretty dark, like phys- like yeah. literally aesthetically dark uh, as well as tone, tone dark. But, um, you know, it it's. It, it would lose some of the luster unless they were to like really up the saturation with the color. Like certain things to me look best in specific mediums. And I think there's other things like if a game is going for sort like realistic graphics and Twilight Princess did in a sense, um, Witcher was trying to look like real life. Right. And I like Grand Theft Auto is trying to look like real life. And then you have games where it's like Kirby and stuff is clearly not trying to look like real life. So it's like, putting it to real life you know what i'm saying so that so that was my only thing with certain things i just think they will always look better um you can even make the argument that's kind of what was avatar's downfall i think avatar actually uh, sorry the last airbender avatar worked best um to side skirt a little bit but i think it, it, it worked best as a cartoon because certain things just look better animated than when they try to do it in real life so that's probably my biggest fear with zelda like i love the characters and how they look and how different and unique and the fairies and stuff but it's like try to try to imagine the giant like tree like <laughs> when you try to picture in real life <laughs> will you i mean i i, I want this <laughs> i feel the same way about like a lot of media is like for me i'm like keep my anime anime mm-hmm. i do not like that live action cowboy bebop like, I hope y'all listen to this. Do not mess that up. There were five animes that I would bend people for my life for. Naruto, DBZ, My Hero Academia, Fullmetal Alchemist, and Cowboy Bebop. No, it, it, I like my anime to be anime. But, you know, I feel you. And the reason why I brought that up because I think we're getting very close to that Super Smash Bros. movie. Because here's the thing. Mario got his movie. Sonic got his movie. Snake get his movie. Mm. We just need Kirby to get a little animated movie. Oh, my God. We need to be confirmed. <laughs> Relaunch and be confirmed as Samus. Right, true. And then Mario and Luigi to come back. And <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, you're going to see Master Hand like Thanos at the end of one of the credits. You're going to see a Smash Ball go across the screen. I would love that. Smash, Smash yeah. Universe confirmed. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I didn't see I it. Love I didn't see it from that angle. I guess, you know, it still would be weird that the whole movie's just them fighting each other, you know, but but they could always they could always do a movie based off the storyline from Brawl that had that actual like that guy that was kinda epic as a kid. I thought I was like, This is Sonic Like he was just like folded over like this and he was all powerful. Um yeah, who knows? Who knows? That that would be uh that would be out of left field. <laughs> but at the same time it's also yeah. kind of like they are. It is interesting that they're building these blocks together, and with the success of Endgame, 
I mean, it is the number one grossing movie of all time. I and mean, with that kind of success, clearly you, you want a piece of the pie. So, who knows? Who knows? Then, yeah, the last thing I had today is um, speaking of PS5 stuff with Howard and his update about the PS5 they got shot. Update. Um, <laughs> well, gangs in the UK taking PS5s from delivery trucks. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Um, I heard, I heard about the, uh, yeah, I heard about the, the UK bandits. Here, here's what's going to happen though, right? Let, let's take away the UK part of it. Cause I, I don't know much about the UK. Um, but let, let's take that element out of it and just take the fact that we got people stealing PS5s. What else did we think was going to happen? We're in a, in the midst of a global pandemic where people are holding on to their things. They're not really selling them. And when they are selling them, they're selling them for ludicrous prices People now have more time than ever, and they're creating bots. It is seriously impossible now without a bot to get a PS5. It's 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 literally impossible now because the bots are instant. They're faster than humans, and there's really not much we can control there. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of saw that happening. I, I thought it was going to happen here in the U.S. first. Maybe that's just because we'd be wildin'. So I, I didn't expect it to happen in civilized U.K., uh, but... I also know that you know the the everyone wants their PS5s. I I really think it's a blessing that we have ours. I just because we just don't know. We don't know when they're going to restock. We don't know, and the short burst in which they do restock, it's their the bots have taken them and and they're being flipped. Um, so yeah, it really just goes back to um, <laughs> it goes back to uh, PS5 is just. Uh, it's just sort of dominating the market and people are making good money off of it too. And, and that's, that's their problem too. So, so it's one of those things and, and it's starting to elevate to a point that people are making so much money off these PS5s. Were they even stealing it to play it or were they stealing it so they could sell it? Right. I mean, it, now we're talking like lucrative items here and the, and if more PS5s sell for like $2,000, there are going to be thefts. And it's only... <laughs> dog distract the crap out of me. Um, there are going to be thefts. And, you know, the, the the next step is like break-ins, right? You know, if if these pri- if these scalpel prices continue to increase and people actually buy... That's the problem. I don't mind the scalpel prices increasing. That just means people keep bidding higher and higher. But when a PS5 sells for, for uh, $5,000... When that first PSI sells for $5,000, oh, it's lucrative. And, you know, and that's going to encourage some some scary practices. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully no one was hurt. And hopefully they just were, you know, just upset at, you know, something being taken from them and it wasn't anything more serious. But, you know, it's something we got to actually keep our eye on because, you know, times are kind of intense, which is what happens during a pandemic. And you... You really have to protect yourself, protect your belongings, and um, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully things don't spiral down further. But. All right, y'all. But that is about it for this week. Again, we appreciate y'all. Uh, you can view uh, definitely our episodes now in podcast form. We'll, like I said, links are going to be in the description, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Courteous, bro. <laughs> Thank you.